Welcome to the Gals Guide to the Galaxy podcast, where a group of gals gather for you one cool thing around our topic of the month. Is it ancient history? Is it breaking news? Is it safe for work? Well, that's up to each gal. All we know is that... Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Welcome back. I'm Rebecca, and I'm joined by Leah, Katie, and Bonnie talking about our one cool animal thing. And Bonnie already talked about Virginia Wolf, but before we dive back in, let's get to know something random about our gal pals. So my random thing I'm going to ask is if you could breed two animals together, ethically, of course, <laughs> or Dr. or Island Dr. Murrow, whatever, whatever. Right. It's, it's whatever uh, gets dealer, it done. <laughs> yeah, dealer's choice, whatever. Um, what would you create? And I'll go last because I want to screen share a picture of mine. Oh, dun, 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 dun. Why do I feel like Katie's going to have the best answer for this? No, I'm not. Oh, you're not? Oh, okay. No. Sure. <laughs> I think mine's going to be kind of lame, but I really just think that I would mix together cats and dogs. Because you love them both. So. I love them both. And there's different things I love about each of them. Like I love how friendly and loving my dog is my cats are too yeah but like, they're not going to follow me out of the room because they're like mm, it's probably not going to interest me <laughs> you're probably going to go do something lame right right independent but ladies <laughs> I'm an avid reader and when you settle down with a good book that you just want to be into uh sometimes you have puppy eyes that are like why are you reading that? You could be petting me. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> you can try to do both, but you know, depends on your book holdage and all of that. So for reading purposes, I need just a nice cuddly cat on my lap, following me through the house and being interested in all the silly things I say all day. I need a dog. <laughs> there so, you go. Like, a really cute mix though. Not like, what was that cartoon TV show where it was like cat one dog? side of it was cat a cat dog, cat, cat dog cat. where one side was the cat and one side was the dog. And right. there's, and there's no butt. Right. Yeah. Disturbing. Right. Um, mm. Although if that's a pet that doesn't poop. Oh, now that I'm does have its own benefits of. though. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> Bonnie, do you have one? Oh, I'm still getting over the cat dog. system works. <laughs> Like process, no, I would probably mix anything with uh, a freaking unicorn, like, like anything with the right. unicorn. Yeah. Um, I actually didn't know until like a year or two ago that narwhals were like real. I thought uh -huh. it was a yeah. fake thing. <laughs> and it's their tooth. Yeah, it's their tooth. Their so it probably tooth. have to be something mixed with like a narwhal, because anything with like a unicorn horn. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could mix ponies with a narwhal and get an actual little unicorn. Like, right? Exactly. Could be land and sea animal, or are you just envisioning one or the other? <laughs> uh, well, if you mix it again with like some kind of winged creature, then you get Pegasus unicorn. Pegasus. So yeah. there you go. Mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> Mixed with an eagle. <laughs> there you go. Well, supposedly that's where the mythology of dragons came from, of uh, snakes and birds. Mm -hmm. The idea of land and air combined together made the mythical creature of the dragon. So I'm I'm totally down with any kind of Pegasus. <laughs> um, my two current favorite right now are unicorns. I'm like obsessed with unicorns. The idea that they're they're magical and they're probably jerks, and that they're <laughs> uh, the national animal of Scotland. 
actually a thing. Um, and I've always loved llamas. I've been like obsessed with llamas. I think they're adorable. Like llamas, you can't ride them. And I do love riding horses. So I think if you bred together a unicorn and a llama, I could ride it and it would be fluffy and soft and it would spit because my favorite animals are animals that spit for self-defense, like llamas and ostriches and camels. I feel like that would look like a Dr. Seuss animal. Like I'd be okay with that. <laughs> so big poof with a horn <laughs> that is magical that would be mine Rebecca what is yours and I just can't wait for the screen share <laughs> let's see let's see if I can just bring them up for you <laughs> come on trusty oh. interwebs yeah I think I'm gonna need more margarita for this <laughs> oh here it is okay so can you see the magical oh my goodness my god (laughs) (laughs) they're snail cats snail cats um i have one that's this one here i don't know if you can see my little cursor on it oh that has been my facebook um (laughs) picture a few times yeah Oh, uh, the dog. oh, wait, no, that's a goat. <laughs> there's like other snail animals. I think this is like snail animals. Gotcha. Yeah, so that's like the like cat snails. Oh, oh my god. That's a cute one, but I don't know if that's really a medieval picture. I think because <laughs> cats like look like kind of a cat, but like they don't know. Oh. This one looks pretty cat like. Right. <laughs> um, that I've never yeah, seen these on, before. Oh my it's god. On, it's on like a BuzzFeed link. It's like medieval cats or something like that it's from a few years ago when I feel down that's what I go to there you go that's your happy place I like that but this is actually like as far as I know this is like really a medieval drawing that was like an illustrated book so I don't know I looked it up at one point what it means I already forgot what it means so (laughs) that's fine (laughs) I think it's probably Christian religious something or other medieval times you know they had all these like everything right something but some kind yeah. of mythic meaning maybe or something like that I don't yeah, know I know my cat yeah. always curls up I mean you know I call her a little loaf of cat she's like a little you know potato loaf <laughs> yeah that's my that's my hybrid cat snail fantastic <laughs> and I think the BuzzFeed and I think the BuzzFeed called them snaps or something snaps. like that so I don't know yes. if that's really it. actually I'm gonna maybe tell me a little bit what it's about. What right. They, what Otherwise it would be like kales. Just quickly if it comes up. <laughs> kales or snats. Yeah. <laughs> well, if I figure it out to the bottom the of the mystery. <laughs> I know. I, I know. I think I went down that, that rabbit hole at some point. I'm sure I did. But anyway, I will look it up again. If I can find it between this and the next episode. There you I go. We, that's also why we have show notes. Yeah, sure I didn't realize this was going to be like the question I was going to ask and answer. Um, although I, I maybe thought it was, but I didn't think I was going to go that deep. So <laughs> you are good. Well, what is yeah. your one cool animal thing, darling? All right. So my one cool animal thing, and I'll screen share her picture if that's all right with everybody. Yeah, go for it. This is. Molly Beatty, you see her over here. Oh, awesome. She is the first woman to serve as the head of the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. 
And I was trying to find like specific um, stats about what that industry was like, because she, she was appointed by President Bill Clinton in 1993. Gotcha. Until 1996. And I'll go into like her history a little bit in a minute. Um, but the closest I could find is that it's just the male dominated industry is fish and wildlife, mm-hmm. um, as a, as an industry, like forestry, um, hunting, all that, all that kind of stuff. And it was even in one of the interesting things I found that I wasn't really going to go into, but I thought was, but now that I'm talking about it, was that in this one study I read, it was like women look at, at least in forestry, women look at it as a whole picture and they look at like the whole environment of the forest that they're working in mm-hmm. and then men tend to focus on more like the economy of it and like what trees they have to cut down to make money and so it's kind of an interesting yeah. mix of um yeah and so that was like that study was I don't know that study really struck me as interesting it's not really not necessarily but it, it but it does relate to her because that became like her way of approaching it was let's protect our um, environment and then we'll be able to protect our animals. Yeah. So I, and so she was approaching it from a different perspective than previously really even totally being done. Right. And so I am going to go, are you seeing my show notes now? Yes, we are still okay. seeing your screen share. All right. Look at you I didn't know if it was going to go. <laughs> I didn't know if it was just the application, like the tab or whatever. Anyway. All right. So I'll just, um, so yeah. So now you can't see my, picture of her but I'll show her again at the end so um all right so her she was born on April 27 we were just talking about this before we started April 27 1947 so her birthday just recently passed and she was born in um New York suburb of Glen Cove I think that's Long Island area then in 1968 she graduated with her bachelor's in philosophy and then about 10 years later, or 11 years later, she earned a master's in forestry in 79. And then, um, and I had where she went to school, but I guess it's not just important. But anyway, but then in the early 80s, she was a program director and lands manager for the Windham Foundation, which is a private nonprofit organization concerned with issues um, facing Vermont. So it's in, in most of her career, she was in Vermont. Oh, then, gotcha. um, then from 85 to 89, she was Vermont's commissioner of forest parks and recreation. And uh, I think it was 89 to 90, she was the deputy secretary of Vermont's Agency of Natural Resources. Then from 90 to 93, she was uh, back in private um, working as an executive director of the Richard A. Snelling Center for Government in Vermont, which is a public policy Institute. And in that time, she also earned her master's in public administration from Harvard University in 1991. Wow. She, she has uh, two masters and a bachelor's. And then, uh, President, like I said earlier, President Clinton uh, nominated her or, or whatever, appointed her mm-hmm. uh, to the head of Fish and Wildlife in 93. She served there until June of 96. Unfortunately, she was diagnosed with brain cancer around that time. And yeah, and passed away June 27, 1996. Oh, um, wow. She was only 49 years old. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah. But even though she didn't get to live a full life as far as the decades, she had a lot of accomplishments along the way. So, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, in, in schooling and education alone. Yeah. Yeah. Good yeah. Yeah, and so, for instance, like, even prior to Fish and Wildlife, she co-authored a book 
about managing woodlots and private ownership. And um, and I don't know when the first edition came out, but the second edition came out like right before she started, I think, in, or in 93. So the same year she started at the Fish and Wildlife Service. Um, and the, and she really focused on, and I, and I, from what I read, it was very um, well known in at least in New England among the forestry industry. So it was very well respected as a, as a, as a take on how the private public partnerships um, between people who own their own lands, but also the conservation efforts that they need to make even as private owners. Because whatever um, they put in the water goes to other people and it goes exactly. into the world. So, yes. yes. And any effects they have on their ecosystems, including the animals. I mean, that's why I'm talking about her because the animals, obviously. But Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, but everything is, yeah, every, like Leah said, everything's interconnected. And she took a similar approach um, when she was at Fish and Wildlife. And one thing that I thought was interesting that I found about her was that, um, well, somewhere in my notes I have that she was, um, that her, her approach was respected by other conservationists, which it was kind of interesting to me just because I can only imagine what it would have been like, even though this, yeah, 20 plus years ago, I'm just thinking, oh, math. Oh, we all, I, I, my math goes The not. 90s were 10 years ago. What are you talking about? I know, about? right. That's what I'm saying. Like, I was like, how is that? Is that even right? Yeah, 24, more than, well, yeah. So in the, uh, since the 90s, um, I can't imagine what it would have been like to be like a woman in a field that's very male dominated. Yeah. I think now it's a little, it's a little better. Um, Cause we want to hope it is anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And like back to the article I mentioned earlier, like it, the industry itself has been making some strides at least to employ more women in the mm-hmm. workplace for forestry, but it's just still not, it's just, but because it's been a male dominated um, industry because it was for so long, mm-hmm. it was, it's not, you know, it's still not easy to, to break into that as a woman. And maybe now it's a little better because I think the article I read was from maybe like 10 years ago or something. So I was just trying to find more information about when she was, in the right, field. right. What was her time like? Yeah, yeah. What was her exactly? What was her time like? Um, but anyway, so she was. Um, so let's see where we have like all her accomplishments. Okay, so according to her profile on the U.S. Fish and Wildlife website, in even in her short time as the head of Fish and Wildlife Service, she uh, fifteen national wildlife refuges were added, ah. more than. 100 habitat conservation plans were signed with private landowners and the gray wolf was reintroduced into the northern rocky mountains the gray wolf it's like the virginia wolf but yeah i was gonna say it's like when she when you said that i was like oh yeah we've got maybe we'll have like some kind of wolf connection here today Mm -hmm. Um, i'm gonna have to lie on mine to make there be one (laughs) yeah so you got no pressure for the other podcast katie you and i gotta get on it Um, and I have a quote that says one acquaintance, this is from Fish and Wildlife's bio of her, one acquaintance recalled seeing her quote, rub cold water on the belly of a wild wolf to cool it so the animal could be moved to another site for release. And, and there's even a wildlife refuge in Alaska named after her, the Molly Beatty Wilderness, which includes a total of 8 million acres and is managed by Fish and Wildlife. And it's like up in the Aww. northeast corner of Alaska. 
Oh, that's really um, cool. Yeah. So she like obviously did a lot of stuff and was very well, you know, respected. They said um, in the Washington Post obituary, it said that even senators and, and uh, Congress, Congress people who didn't agree with her policies were working together to get that wilderness name for her after she passed. So, Aww. or like, well, or maybe when they knew she was going to pass or whatever, um, based on her accomplishments up to that point. Yeah. Um, so I have a couple interesting quotes I wanted to share. Um, so back to the obit, the uh, Washington Post wrote that in her last, I'm, this is quoting from uh, directly from them to make it make sense. So it says in her last major speech as director of Fish and Wildlife Service, she recalled how she released help, a rehabilitated bald eagle into the wild to mark the change in the species status from endangered to threatened. That day was one of the highlights of her career and she recorded the event in a journal under the heading, quote, is this a great job or what? Uh, and cool. yeah, and she's also known for a few of her quotes about just um, environmental issues. Uh, for instance, when she first came into the Fish and Wildlife Service, um, she announced that, quote, the service will shift to an ecosystem approach to managing our fish and wildlife resources emphasizing that people use natural ecosystems for many purposes. And if we do not take an ecosystem approach to conserving biodiversity, none of those uses will be long lived. And then she also has another quote, when Americans are asked what the most pressing environmental issues are, they cite pollution issues such as toxic waste and clean water, problems like loss of biodiversity, rapid depletion of natural resources, and the international problems of population explosion are way down the list. And yet these are the issues that are of greatest importance to the long-term health of our world. She's even been quoted as saying things such as, even if no jobs are saved by um, conservation efforts, it doesn't matter because without those conservation efforts, it, our world will just like collapse into itself. And this was, again, right. this is like in the mid nineties, like this is not, this is not recent or new, like this, and and that certainly was controversial at the time. Right. Yeah. It wasn't it, common thought. Yeah. No. And it probably would be today too, just because as someone who's taken some environmental law classes, what comes up a lot is like, if you are talking to somebody who lives in a neighborhood that has um, lead in their water, that's their priority is fixing their water. They're not going to be thinking about the national park, um, you know, wildlife coming back or whatever. Yeah. But her point is we have to think about all of these things. It's all interconnected. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I thought I had in my notes why. Okay, so why I think, why I want to talk about her. So I only recently learned about her um, and it was when I was trying to find somebody to write about for this podcast as we mm-hmm. all were texting um, whenever that was a week or two ago. Yeah. And I think, and I was trying to think about like why, why, um, like, and it was a whole like articles like that I shared, I think with all of you, that was like a list of like several women and um, animal activists. Mm-hmm. And one of them was Carol Baskins. I know, right? So we had a very brief, <laughs> brief discussion about including her. And we could, I think we could have had enough to talk about her even because this was, and that was oh, yeah. before Tiger came. That was like a year ago. It was like 2019. So I talked about her big cat rescue in that article, but back to uh, Molly Beattie, she was uh, on that list as well. And I thought she was like really interesting. And so when I was going through, um, you know, my research about her and trying to find just what, what was, what she was about, 
one of the things maybe is that picture I showed you where she's wearing the hip waders. And I don't know if any, if you all notice, but there's like a bear in the background. I'll show the picture again. Yeah, before. I couldn't tell if it was like a bear or a moose, but I'm like, that is a big it's, animal. <laughs> it's a bear. And I don't know where the, and, and you know what? I, sh- I was trying to sort of figure out, like, I'm guessing it was taken in the Alaska refuge, but it could have been taken in any, any, um, any park that's managed by Fish and Wildlife, I suppose. But, um, but yeah, but there's that bear just in the background. So one thing that I, I liked about that, so it kind of reminds me of Into the Wild, where there's like his pictures of just wilderness and, and thinking about what that, would, what that must be like to have a job where I'm sure she did spend time behind a desk at some point, but just to have that kind of life where Balance, like she's probably yeah. like office and wilderness and yeah and like yeah. she said in in her quote of is this a great job or what like because she's releasing a bald eagle back into the wild yeah. I mean like can you I can't even I don't I, I I can only imagine what that would feel like yeah um I made like eye contact with a bald eagle once <laughs> in a zoo and I'm like I feel so American right now like it's <laughs> it was weird it just like locked eyes with me it probably wanted to kill me but uh, maybe I mean well, like the bald eagles are like weirdly cool <laughs> yeah so I can't yeah so it's like I can't imagine just having the kind of job where that's like just one part of her her yeah. job and then um and then also now like thinking about how all these parks are closed right now so we yeah. can't even go to where that picture was taken unless we like live there already um so maybe it just was making me like miss being able to go out in the outdoors more and yeah. I was trying like before everybody else got on the zoom call earlier I was trying to um hang up a, a national parks poster behind me and it was oh. too big and too heavy to to stay out but yeah See. well um, you know what get that up at a later time for you <laughs> yeah so you oh, I will. Like, it's, feel of the outside I, it's from the uh it's from one the idol George. this was a few years ago they did an exhibit on grand canyon ah. and so it's a charlie harper is that the artist name? that sounds right yeah who does a lot of like um like geometric animals and the whole like I think he did like a whole series of U.S. Um, parks, and so it's canyon country. So it's like meant to like combine like the Grand Canyon and some of the other canyony yeah. canyony places down in the Southwest. So anyway, so that's something maybe I'm just been thinking more about like okay, when we're done with this, what's something I haven't I've been wanting to do and haven't actually done, and maybe it is like finally doing that like cross country road trip of national yeah. parks and. But and it's also sad that they're closed. But I also understand because people aren't always very responsible about things, and so they might not know to. You got to if you go in, you got to take out your trash. And, yes, got to clean up and, after yourself. <laughs> yeah, and I think people weren't doing like I read an article about it, and so people weren't doing that even like during the government shutdown, whenever that was a year or two ago, right. when they had fewer people. So it's like you really can't trust them right now, but. Um, and then I've also, I think I mean, maybe I mentioned this already, like, I think it's just really interesting to how animals are coming back into those parks and certain areas yeah. of the parks where people normally would be. So I'm hopeful that when we come back into whatever our new normal is going to be, that we can, as, as just we as people can keep in mind, like, the animals are supposed to be there too like that's right. part of why these parks exist is for their um for their benefit as much as ours to be able yeah. to see them and take pictures and have those memories but 
and nature got them. to heal a little bit, you know what I yeah. mean? Like at the same time, like we weren't, we weren't poking it with sticks for a little bit. Yeah. So I'm not mad. And it said like one article I was reading said that like, I don't remember, like so many like bears and coyotes like just get hit by cars because of the, because of uh, tourists. And it was like a, it was a pretty high number. Like it was not, it was shocking. Like how high that number was. Cause like, but now that they don't have cars right now, right. they yeah. can kind of wander and they've been seeing more bears and more, you know, predators um, that normally kind of hide out. So, I mean, obviously they're predators, so you got to watch out for them. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah. You can't like, but at the same time, it's like, it's their, it's their land too. So I'm just looking through my shots just to make sure that there's nothing else I, I missed. Um, gotcha. Katie or Bonnie, did you have any questions while she's looking over Steve? That question, I remember there's some kind of article about during the, the COVID, I think, what was it, like goats or so, just wildlife just taking back over towns because mm-hmm. people haven't yeah. been out and about. I think it's specifically like goats were just like roaming the streets or something. Did you see the picture of the lions laying in the middle of the road? No. <laughs> Where was that? I don't even know. It was one of those that I was like just scrolling through my Facebook feed. But we haven't seen the Noblesville Puma yet. No, sorry, that's Katie and I's like urban legend of the Noblesville <laughs> Puma. <be> <laughs> I mean, there, there is no Noblesville be, Puma. <laughs> there, I don't know. I wouldn't be so sure. Like I, like Matt and I are convinced that there are um, wild cats that we. Oh yeah. Don't know about because they, well, they're so they're secretive. I don't maybe not a cougar, but. Oh, was that the one that was on the news where the guy's like, I saw a cougar uh, and yeah. he didn't have any pictures or any evidence of it, but he kept, he was insistent. He was very insistent. Yeah. It was a cougar. And they like went to his house and talked about, talked to him, just talking about it. And I thought, this is not, is this real? Yeah. Like what is happening well, here? The the funny thing with Noblesville is there there is uh, coyotes. They usually do hang out in the cemetery, kind of over by Katie and I's house. So, uh, okay. I, I mean, I think Katie and I always go with, yeah, sure, it's just a coyote or a big dog. I mean, like, it's not a puma. Yeah, <laughs> the creativity went. Legend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we wanted it to be true, though. Yeah. Yeah. Like a puma. Well, yeah, because I've seen like we've seen coyotes like when I'm riding my bike in a trail near my house, once we saw a coyote like cross in front of us, like around yeah. this time of day, like, or well, well, we're recording around dusk. So it's like, that's their hunting hours. And we'll hear them every once in a while. Um, and then people on the neighborhood Facebook will see them like by the, mm-hmm. like the creek by our, by our neighborhood. But yeah, I mean, they're, they're normal to the area. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Exactly. Did you find they... anything else in your notes? I don't think so. Um, well, I did. Ha- I found the quote, one of the quotes I meant to say earlier, um, yeah, yeah. where she says, okay, she said, even if not a single job were created, wildlife must be conserved and the diversity of natural systems must remain integral and whole because we humans are linked to those systems and it is in our immediate self-interest to care about them. She iterated that in any frame greater than the short term, the economy and the environment are identical considerations. And I guess that's something else I'll mention to you. Like, obviously, if when those parks are open, they are very big money makers. And so oh, yeah. that's, again, finding that balance. Um, and I was trying to find the snail. <laughs> when you guys were talking, I was looking up snail cats. <laughs> like, it just, oh, the article I found, cats. yeah, the article just said, like, why snails were in 
those illustrated manuscripts, but didn't really give me an answer I was looking for. They're but like anyway, so I'll go. <laughs> yeah, I'll go ahead and share. Um, I mean, I want to share her picture again if I yeah. can. Yeah. I can get it to. Good old Molly. Again. Yeah, because so. I just, I just thought she was so cool, and I was so glad I got a chance to. Yeah, and a trailblazer share her too. With other people, yeah, mm-hmm. a, a trailblazer and the bears. Just. Did she ever talk about um, any kind of discrimination she faced in the field? See, that's what because I couldn't. So male-dominated, yeah. Yeah, I couldn't, like, specifically find that. Like, that's what I was trying to find, like, what, the, what it would have been like to be a woman in that field. Yeah. Um, one thing that might be why she didn't talk about it, even though I'm going to guess it was there, or I'll assume it was there, I don't know for sure, but is that... Um, it was like because of the time like because she was she died while she was still in the field right. i don't know that she would have really wanted to go there as far as um you know what i mean like as yeah. far as like saying anything bad or negative about the people she was working with because she maybe, was still in the job yeah. yeah yeah and so i wonder so i was wondering that as i was writing this like okay a couple of things one had she done that job under Clinton and then like when his presidency ended or she just moved on or whatever, however that normally works when people, Mm -hmm. because of political affiliation or whatever, would she have maybe written something about it later? Or because the internet was so dang new in that time frame that it's not like she would have had like a medium page or a Twitter or something like a platform like that to be able to just say, um, I did find, like, I found a couple articles she had written, but they were both, like, academic journal articles about conservation issues, not mm-hmm. about workplace. So, yeah, so I know I was looking, I looked, I did look for that because I was thinking about um, what that would have been like to be her um, in that time, in that job. So I'm, and, and I, yeah, and that's why I said I was, like, kind of surprised to see that people were, were um in agreement with her policies and I wondered if very cool because yeah and I was thinking like well maybe like because she was a woman maybe people would be like I don't trust her she doesn't speak for the industry whatever but I think um, I was also reading another article a few days ago about her that was saying that um that she was also like the person who would go and put out fires when like say someone was like oh this project is being held up because of these blah 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 environmentalists federal environmentalists aren't letting us do this because of endangered species act like she was the one who would kind of go in and explain no actually the, what you're talking about it was halted for other reasons they have nothing to do with environmental policies and you need She'd to kind of be the us. peacemaker then and yeah the voice of reason yeah yeah and for her to have been able to what did i say like negotiate like a hundred private landowner contract or contracts or deals or whatever yeah. they were with federal government like that's huge like I can't imagine getting that many people on board with you know something like this so sounds like she's a very educated referee to it you know what I mean to to really make it super simple because she was way more than that but you know she knew what she was talking about and could and really talk to people about it in a way that made sense and was approachable it got stuff done (laughs) right oh now I'm turning into Violet from uh (laughs) Charlie, what is don't going turn on? Into a blueberry. I'm turning into a blueberry. I don't even know where this blue is coming from. 
<laughs> it's got to be the screen. screen. I guess. That's so strange. Well, this is what I'm going to look like the rest of our <laughs> recording. So get used to it. I would put on like a little bit of lipstick to make it make my <laughs> face like, have a little color. And now I just look like a blueberry. <laughs> oh, well, I try. Uh, but yeah, so that's my, that's my one cool gal. I hope you guys enjoyed it and learned something. And yeah, I, I enjoyed um, getting to know more and more about um, Miss Molly Beatty and hopefully I did her some, some justice in that and 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 it was just yeah but it was really sad like it's kind of like a bonding story like sad that it was like oh this is so cool she was like the first woman and I'm like oh dang it she died it for like, mm-hmm. yeah like yeah. three years after she got this like really awesome yeah. position that, that I, and I actually you know what I didn't look up to see if there have been other women in that role gotcha um, we can put it in show notes yeah yeah but yeah. Oh, definitely opened a door so yeah fantastic what do you want to wrap us up darling so well that wraps it up for this week join us next week as our next gal pal shares her one cool animal thing as gal's guide to the galaxy podcast continues thanks for listening for show notes links and images from this week's show visit galsguide.org want exclusive stuff like deleted bits and major bloopers become a gal's guide patron today thanks for listening